Zen Parenting Radio. Happy summer. Happy summer. My name is Todd Adams. My name is Kathy Adams. And this is Zen Parenting Radio. And we are going to be talking about an article that you read last night called Five Regrets of What? Well, there were five regrets that people tend to say on their deathbed. And I found my friend Karen Beardeman, who's also a parent coach. It was on her Facebook page. And I read it, and I read it to you, and I said, this is phenomenal. This is so. This is such important information. And it sounds really, um, what's the word? It sounds morbid mm-hmm. to say, okay, these are deathbed We're regrets. We're going to pick it up this week <laughs> and talk about deathbed issues. But the, the truth is, is there's a lot, you know, talk about having everything stripped away and just speaking from your heart and soul is when you know that you're not going to be here anymore. And what did you really want or wish for for your life? And, you know, not that we want to walk around. We don't want to walk around having regrets. We want to know that we did what we wanted to do with our life. And so instead of thinking of this as morbid, let's think of these people as our teachers. Right. And people who are giving us, imparting wisdom as they leave this world so we can live a better life. So basically, this is these regrets are uh, this woman who um, worked with a lot of people who were who was dying. Was she a hospice nurse or yes, something? Yes, she worked in that kind of care. Okay. And she found that she heard the same things over and over again from people who were dying. Mm-hmm. And these were the five, top five things. And whose idea was it to make it into the content of the show? I will give you credit for that. Thank you. Well, but I have to take credit no for the buts. fact, you know, there is a but. Because you said, oh, we should talk about that on the show. And then you said, oh, no, let's not. Let's do what we were going to talk about. And I said, actually, Todd, this is a super important topic. So can we do 50-50? Yeah, we'll split it up. Okay, we'll split it down the middle. So uh, how are we going to do this? Are we just going to go down the list? Let's start with number one and just get going and let's let's see where it goes. jump right into it. Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expect of me. What are your thoughts about that one? Well, I feel like that's something we talk about all the time. Yeah, I think as I'm kind of reading through this list, I, a lot of them are very familiar with the content of what we talk yeah. about over the first 24 weeks of this show. So this will be good. It's a nice uh, wrap it all up type thing. Right. And, you know, and I want to say that these are things you and I work on all the time. We're mm-hmm. not saying, oh, got it. We do it all the time. Th- these are constant things that we need to work on. You know, when I read this i was like yes they're just reminders mm-hmm. i love the repetition because i can get lost in the minutiae of the day just like anybody and so when i read these things i'm like yes i remember why we do what we do right. i remember why we talk about what we talk about because if you decide to live your life based on what others expect of you you are not truly living your life mm-hmm. you are living a life that is being dictated to you either by your friends your birth family which mm-hmm. we talked about last week right. we talked about issues with coming from your own family and following what maybe your family of origin did rather than what you really want to do. Or what your friends want you to be or right. what your job wants you to be. And you walk around and you are all these things and you find out, wow, I'm not really that happy. Why is that? And right. it's because, and we're all guilty of this, we live our life through you know the expectations of others. Ex- yeah, well, and we need that validation all the time. Right. You know, We need other people to say, oh, you're doing a good job or oh, this is what you should be doing. We look for external validation Instead of looking or focusing more on what internally feels good for us. So is there any such thing as an internal validation? Like what would that... Yes. Is that affirmations? Is that what an affirmation an internal, is? Well, I think it's different for everyone. I can only speak for myself, but an internal validation for me is when I feel good. Right. I have this feeling when I know that 
and it can be work, it can be with the girls, it can be with you, it can be with my friends, where I just feel good. I feel warm. But I could feel good after, say, getting a raise at work, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, man, I, I wish I made more money, and then all of a sudden that's not enough. So how is that different from the feeling good you're talking about? Well, you know, I can only, I don't know if words can do this justice. I can get, I can do my best, mm -hmm. but there is a difference between a thinking, you know, focusing on money, which right. you like to focus on money, don't I you? Do. I do, I um, do. Thinking about money and like, oh, this is going to make my life better and it's a raise and everyone thinks I'm smart versus a feeling mm -hmm. that you get when you're doing something that has nothing to do with what other people are telling you to do. It may be absolutely against the grain of what, you know, society dictates, but you feel content. It's right. an inner. And, and so I really say that I don't know if words can do this justice because someone else may come in and say, oh, no, this mm -hmm. is the way I know that I'm following my heart. I'm just speaking for myself. I feel like an inner warmth. Well, maybe the difference is if it's fleeting, then it probably might not be for the best reason. So like, say I get a raise and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I wish I made more money. And instead of being happy right, with the raise, I just got... You're on to the next got, thing. You're on to the next on thing. On to the next thing. So in the short term, it makes you happy, but then all of a sudden it doesn't. So Well, you know, I can give one exercise to kind of give the you know, the difference is we talk about meditation on this show. I'm using the word meditation, but as Todd and I have discussed, we, you can also just ca call it sitting in quiet. Right. You don't have to use the big word meditation, just sitting in quiet or sitting in peace or taking deep breaths. And the way you feel that contentment, that mm -hmm. inner peace that comes where you're quiet, you're calm, that's the feeling right. I'm talking about versus the, you know, exhilaration of, oh, I just made more money. Now I'm on to the next right. thing. There's a, and I'm not saying one's good or bad. Right. It's just, there is a difference right. between the two because it, it's great to have both. Right. right. Absolutely. You know? So, so anyway, number two is actually a good transition to what we just talked about. Why don't you read what number two says? I wish I didn't work so hard. And I is think number two. That we are all guilty of this. Yes. And from a parent, you know, this is a parenting show. I mean, this is so, you know, truthful to, what you know we think that we have to work to, to as a man i could speak as a man i think i have to work to support my kids and support my family and pay my mortgage and it's easy to get lost in that type of thing and you realize at, at, these people who are on their deathbeds are saying to us who are not on our deathbeds do not work so hard. Stop working so hard. So, but that just seems so counterintuitive. It does because who are we if we're not working hard? Right. You know, that's what people think. Right. I'm not saying that's truth, but people walk around saying, if I'm not working my butt off all the time and showing how productive and how crazy frenzied I am and how busy I am, then who am I? Right. That's my identity, which again, that's something you and I should just do a show on productivity sometime because we've got to have different definitions of, of what, what productive, I wrote, about, I wrote about that in my my book my last book well you can even be productive by just sitting there and not yes. doing a darn thing what's your favorite quote that you always say i don't remember i have many favorite quotes the john kevitt's in quote the oh don't just do something sit there yeah, which instead, is hilarious instead of, don't just sit there do something yeah so don't, don't just do something sit there john kevitt's in <laughs> guys rock solid um, the second line in the second one, it says, this came from every male patient that I nursed. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. Oh. And, you know, it's just so crazy. I happen to be in a job where I do some traveling, but when I'm not traveling, I get to work out of my house. So it's kind of a good balance. But for the dads that are traveling five days a week, mm. I can't imagine if they're in it, if they, you know, and sometimes you don't really have choices, but sometimes you do have choices. You need to give yourself some space to have choices. Maybe you talk to your boss and say, Hey, I can't travel all I can work much. four days or I can travel four days out of right. the week. Or yeah, three just, days. just think of something that you can do because 
I mean, without a doubt, every piece of advice I ever get from any older dad out there, they're like, just enjoy your kids while they're young because it's the best time in the whole world. And, and you know, it's crazy. I'm already seeing it. I'm sure all parents can relate because this is very, this is a relative. But, you know, yesterday I was watching uh, about a one and a half year old, 18 month old um, play on the stair. And I had that nostalgia, that feeling of, oh, you mm. know, that 18 month old age because our youngest is three, which is still so young. Right. But you start to be like, oh, you know, you long for those times. And um, I'm very content with where we are now. But the fact that I'm so glad I was there for it. Right. Put it that way. Yeah. When I feel the nostalgia for it, it's not, oh, I wish I was there. It was. You're not going to regret. I'm Right. I just think to myself, oh, what a great time. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, that, you know, we're not there for every single second. Nobody can be. But. We made an intention to well, be there. And the difference is, let's say that there's somebody listening out there that did travel all that time, and then all of a sudden we're making feel, making them feel worse about themselves right. because they weren't there. Instead of doing that, maybe they can transition that idea into being present with what's ever going on in your right world now, right today. now because it does no good to regret the past. It's all about what's going on right now. So if you can appreciate the present moment, maybe your kids are 20. Maybe you engage in a different relationship with them now knowing that, um, that you don't want to be in your deathbed when you're 85 years old saying, I wish I would have done this or that. So I so agree. And I will add to that that guilt doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So just like Todd said, if you're like, oh, now I'm listening to this and I wish I would have been there, guilt is a waste of your time. Start here. Mm -hmm. Start now. Go from today. What I've heard is uh, guilt is a, um, well, guilt is a disservice to the present moment. It absolutely, so absolutely it just, is. It'll eat you from the inside out. So number three, well, go ahead and tell me what it is. Um, this won't surprise. Um, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. And we've talked about that a lot is if, if, if people could express their feelings instead of, I don't know, creating some type, instead of, you know, suppressing it or walking around with masks pretending right, that pretending they're not who they are that would i think the world would be a better place and every one of us can work on this more but you know as a parent we try to do that with our girls saying you know how does it make you feel and right the word feelings is a very popular word in our household <laughs> so if, if i'm trying emotions to, and feelings emotions and feelings so if i'm going to try to give other parents out there tools it is you know make sure that the term feelings is a very popular word in your household. And that your kids know by definition what it means. There are no bad feelings, mm -hmm. that every feeling that you feel is okay. Now, the, the key is the difference of what you do with the feeling. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, anger is normal, you guys. To, to feel in yourself that you can't be angry, that's not truth. Everybody gets angry. To feel sad, that's normal too. It's what you do with that feeling. If you get angry and you hit, not okay. Right. You know, this would be adults and children. Right. Um, and, but if you get angry, you figure out other tools and give your children tools to deal with those feelings. And so it's not about the feeling. It's about what you do with it. I can't say that enough. For example, this morning... Skylar wanted mini wheats and she, she got sure a bowl did. of mini wheats, but we only had a little bit of mini wheats left. So since she already had her bowl, JC and Cameron didn't get their bowls. So Skylar's like, well, I'll share what's left. And we're like, no, sorry, you already had your bowl. Mm -hmm. She got very upset. So sad. And what did she do? She went and laid down on the couch and cried it out. Yeah. And, and there was a part of me that wanted to say, I even asked Jason Cameron, hey, do you guys want a different type of cereal? They're like, no, sorry. Want, right. want the mini wheats. Which is okay. You right. know, that's how you can build up issues with siblings. Right. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about sibling rivalry in the next couple of weeks. And is when you start doing things like, oh, she's crying. You guys give up what you right. have so she feels better. That's how you start to build up some resentment. Right. You know, what's truly fair in that moment is Skyler had hers. Mm -hmm. Cameron gets hers. JC gets hers. And if Skyler can't handle that, mm -hmm. regardless of her age, she can cry. 
And you and I, our job is to tolerate that right. crying. Yeah, to let that cry to happen. To let that come. Even though it's a pain in the butt to hear your kid cry. Right, and more than pain in the butt, it's sad. Sometimes it's easier to say, JC, just... Give her yours. Give her yours, and that way I don't have to hear her cry. And that's not really a good thing. But what's so great is because you and I um, have done this enough, you know, we've seen it come full circle, and she will go lay on the couch, she'll cry, and then she'll come back in like nothing happened. She released it. I mean, as I say a lot on the show, I I visually see emotions in people's bodies. Not literally. I mean, but in my head I do, and I'm thinking about them. And when when you have an emotion, it needs to wash itself through. It needs to work through. You need to have the release if it be through talking or crying and then once it releases you're okay the problems come when you stuff them down or you know pretend they're not there that's when issues occur so the emotion itself is fine so again number three um is big the courage to express feelings absolutely number four i wish i had stayed in touch with my friends Mm, i'm excited to talk about this one with you well and a lot of this is yeah i guess um a lot of this is self-care and It's easy for us to get lost in being parents, and I have been guilty of devoting every ounce of my energy to my family, and there are times, and and those are my weak times, because if if that's all I'm doing, that's no good. I have friends, and it's easy to get lost and just to let them kind of go by the wayside. Now, doesn't that sound funny, though, on a parenting show to say? Stop being (laughs) a good parent. Because it's exact opposite of what we were just saying about, you know, spend time with your family. Right. And now you're saying, but it, there's a there's a happy medium in spend there. Spend time without your family. Right. Yes. So we, you are better with your family. Absolutely. And, you know, when we first started talking about what we were going to call this show, we called it Zen Parenting, but uh, there was discussions of calling it The Selfish Parent. No, it, that was our first show title, oh, wasn't it? Oh, first show title. Instead of calling the show Zen Parenting. Yeah, that's well, true. we were going to call it, we were going to talk about self-care, and right. then we decided to talk about selfish, selfish parenting. Yes, which, and, the, and the contradiction and, and all that. So yeah. anyways, but yeah, what? why did you... I was excited because you have always been in your life kind of like a social planner yeah. uh, with your friends, where yeah. you like to get everyone together and in big you know big groups different groups of people and in as you've gotten older and gotten invested in your family you have become more you still spend time with friends that's mm-hmm. still super important to you but you're not as um, active in making sure 50 guys get together every right. weekend okay and I wanted to talk about this with you because I think there is a difference between spending time with best friends and and social planning events. Well, it's a difference between quantity and quality. Exactly. I used to be, hey, the more the better. Right. And now I feel that my time is better spent with some close friends yes. for an extended period of time instead of seeing 40 people. I, I remember used to having some anxiety at a wedding because there's like 40 or 50 of my good friends from college all in the same place. how are you going to spend time with and them all? I, yeah, so that was kind of a phase. Well, and that's the difference is that it doesn't mean those other people aren't important to you, but you start picking and choosing and saying, okay, you know, the, uh, this person, we talk on the phone and that's right. how we keep in touch. This person I see out. This person, it's not, you start to realize it's not about mm-hmm. having 100 people in one room. It's right. about having these close friendships. And I think girls can relate to that too. I just thought maybe you would read that and go, oh, Right. I don't social plan anymore. That must mean I'm no, going to regret I, it. No, I have detached from that. I'm, I'm okay. for the most part, um, at peace with not being the social planner in my group of college friends. Good. So that's a good thing. But like even, but the thing is, some of your good, really good friends, like my three best friends from high school, our lives have kind of splattered all over the place. My one friend lives in Chicago. The other one moved up to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. The other one is an hour away from me. And we need to make a conscious effort to get together because otherwise our paths will not cross and it's hard but i we, think you're 
we're you know, doing preaching to the choir here yeah, because that's right. what all of us right. would say. You can have a best friend who lives across town, right. and it's still hard to make that time. But the goal is, will you make it a priority? I always say to um, you know my friends when I call them and say, let's do this. This is a priority for me. Mm-hmm. Let's not just let this go. Right. This is something I want. Let's not pretend that other things are more important. And you know what's brought up on this um, on this you know thing that we are reading to you is that when it really comes down to it, when it's the end of your life or if you were sick or whatever, your work isn't going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. It's your friends so and your family. You know, family can, can be friends. It's, you know, right. back and forth. And are you maintaining those relationships? Are you – and, you know, I, I have to say that another thing on this show, and I know that you and I believe, is life is relationships. Yep. That's what life is. It it's is not a, work. It's not work. You can have relationships at work, and yeah. so that's great. Right. But it's not the money. It's and it's not, not things. It's not things. Right. It's relationships. And relationship with yourself, for that matter, too, which I think gets lost. We need to, you know, look at ourselves in the mirror and, you know, take make a conscious effort in finding out who you are, what makes you tick, what makes you happy. A lot of people find themselves in a job they can't stand. Right. And unless you're doing some self-reflection, you're never going to figure out that you're not happy at your job. Well, because society promotes you Mm -hmm. being at a job that you don't like. Because everyone says, oh, well, I hate my work. Everyone hates the work. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. It really doesn't. I mean, again, it sometimes takes time to find that place. You don't quit your job, wake up the next morning and find the perfect job. It doesn't work that way. Well, and sometimes it's keeping your job but figuring out a better way to do it or, or one that serves you better. Right, like figuring out a way to do your work in a way that's meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of great teachers over my lifetime who have showed me ways to do that where, you know, you I've li- I for a long time listened to society and what people said I should do and then I had a lot of great teachers say, "Hey, take this path or try this." And really it's just about oftentimes going against the norm Absolutely. and moving with your heart. So, um last one. Number 5, I wish that I let myself be happier. That's an interesting one to mm-hmm. me. What do you think? Um, I think that, that, you know, I think that this woman did a really good job and I don't think she's BSing. I think these are the five things that she heard about this one specifically. It, you know, it goes on to say how happiness is a choice and you, you hear that a lot, but there's times when things aren't going your way and you're like, how can I choose to be happy in the state of all these outside events kind of making me unhappy? And I don't know. It's a it's a pretty big journey to be able to say I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm saying I can do it. I'm saying there's times when I decide I'm going to be in a good mood today. But there's many other days where I just allow the outside circumstances of the day dictate my mood. I think most people do, but I think that's what they're that's what the people on their deathbed are trying to tell us is it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. The things that we make into the big deals, mm-hmm. if it be about money or about stuff. Or about someone looked at me this way, or someone said something, or my kid didn't make this team. And we we make this into this big, huge deal, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's all our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we have, again, discussed a lot about how our thoughts create our circumstances and how a change in thought, a paradigm shift that right. you, we, you were working on I a few really, weeks ago. I was really good at that. <laughs> you know, a paradigm shift is really looking at something a different way. And so your body and your mind has a different response to this experience and that that in itself can be a miracle. Mm -hmm. That you can look at, you can wake up one day and say, oh, this is just going to be the hardest day and here's what's happening and here's what's happening and here's what's happening. Or you can wake up and say, I am here. Mm -hmm. I am breathing. Mm -hmm. The sun is shining. The day is open to me. There, I have all the opportunities in the world. You have to make a decision about what you are going to focus on. 
I mean, I hear what you're saying about sometimes things happen and you have a feeling about it, right? Right. right. But does that dictate your overall happiness? No, and I think the best way to kind of get through that is to just have, do your best to have an awareness to be able to step outside of whatever bad circumstances are happening happening to you during the day and observing it instead of identifying with it. Beautiful. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Say, this is a bad thing. And I wish it weren't this way, but you know what? It is this way, but that doesn't mean that I can't be happy. It's like I remember in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Covey was talking about happiness, and he said there are two things in this world. There's things inside your circle of influence, and there are things outside of your circle of influence. There's no reason to be unhappy with things that are outside of your circle of influence because they're outside of your circle of influence. You can't do anything. And then secondly, there's no reason for you to be concerned about things that are inside your circle of influence because you have control exactly. over its outcome. So change it. So you don't need to be concerned about anything ever. <laughs> done. So let's just be done. Uh, done. Do we need to do the show Happiness anymore? every day, 24-7. Exactly. And you know, that's you know that's, that's total bliss. But you know what else I think happens? Mm. Is that people don't feel they deserve happiness. Right. This gets down to a thing of worth. Right. Because I've coached a lot of people in my life. And they have said things to me like, well, this good thing has happened. So since this good thing happened, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because something bad must be happening. And I really believe that comes down to a feeling of worth, Mm -hmm. that they don't feel they're deserving of these blessings in life. And I'm going to say this because I believe this from my heart. That is not true, everybody. If something good happens to you, it doesn't mean something bad is going to happen to you. You can have, of course, things happen in life, and it doesn't mean that, It's called the human experience. It's called the human experience, but you can choose Mm -hmm. to have a life that has many blessings. Mm -hmm. And those blessings may not be monetary or stuff, but they may be that you notice the blessings. You see the good things in life. You notice the weather and the green grass and the your children and that is what blessing that's blessings right right there and people just assume that if they notice that then they'd rather live in misery because it's easier yeah because if you're miserable there's nowhere to go yeah you can just stay miserable yeah and you it's hard to get disappointed if you're already miserable and so that number five i wish i'd let myself be happier that's what i think it's about Mm -hmm. is about instead of always worrying about the next thing instead of always fearing something was going to happen i just wish i would have enjoyed my gifts right you know what i was given in life all right, so what's the deal with your book? It's out. When? Now. You can buy it right now. Go get it. Right now? Right this second. How do you get your hands on your book? You can get uh, on my website, okay, which is kathycassaniadams.com. That would be C-A-T-H-Y-C-A-S-S-A-N-I-A-D-A-M-S.com. Or you can go to Amazon. But if you order it through my website, I will sign it. And I think it's cheaper. And the signature will um, increase its value tenfold. Exactly. It'll be you'll it'll be a famous book someday. That's right. Um, what's the title of it? It's called uh, The Self-Aware Parent 2, 23 More Lessons for Growing with Your Children. My first one was 19 lessons, and now I ramped it up. 19 plus 23 equals 42? 42 lessons. So... On that note, you can go to my website and buy both books mm-hmm. for the very, very low price of $20. And the way I like to describe it is it's kind of um, your version of chicken soup for the soul for yes. parents. But yes. instead of, because I think all those guys did was collected stories from other people. Right. Whereas your books are stories of your own. Yes, they're my stories um, in regards to experiences I've had as a parent or just as an individual or in couplehood. Um, basically, I 
that's the way I write is that the way that I explain things or that I talk about lessons or awareness or consciousness is through story. Okay. And so this book, what I, what I appreciate about the books that I write, if I'm going to say something really positive about it is that, um, it's easy to read because the chapters are only a couple pages. Like each article in the book or chapter is quick and the lesson is very obvious and it is done in story so it's easy to read so for busy parents mm -hmm. it is you can pick it up and read it easily without having to go through you know in a hundred page chapter so it's basically you can pick it up start in the middle and not miss a beat oh, you can you can choose whatever you want any chapter that appeals to you start there and then work your way through do you want to talk about any of the chapters right now or do you want to save that or what do you want to do um well instead of talking why don't we talk about the chapters in the next couple weeks okay. but what i will say is give an overview that I talk about fear. I talk about um, dealing with um, anxiety. I talk about when our kids are challenged or, or having tantrums, different than my first book, more about when they're having you know big outbursts and mm -hmm. having release. Um, I talk about how we uh, need to take care of each other. I talk about, what else do I talk about in that book? You've know. read it. Yeah, I have read it. Uh, Touching Shoulders is a good one. Yeah, I talk about how we not only need to, to take care of each other as a family, but we need to take care of our community and our society and um, and I just think, and it's very personal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I share a lot of very personal parts of my life and I, I believe that I'm very vulnerable in it, but I have to do that to talk about mistakes I've made and experiences I've had. And would you say it's an easy thing for you to take that leap and to make yourself vulnerable? No. Or do, would you say that you've done a lot of work to get I've to this I've done point? a lot of work. I usually write things and it takes me a while to put it out there in the world. And that was more, I don't know what the difference is between rhetorical and redundant, but I was kind of sarcastically asking those questions <laughs> because sometimes when you write something like, I don't know, is this too out there or should I do this? And I, I'll, what do I always say? say do it do it who Put cares it what are they going to do arrest you they can't arrest well, you it, it's got nothing to do it, it's not necessarily about other people's response it's about the fact that i am being so honest and so vulnerable and and not everyone is going to necessarily agree with me and that's part of like my travis work. like travis oh gosh let's not bring up travis travis that's our guy he wrote a really bad review on ours on itunes so check the it out the only person who wrote a bad review right Good old Travis. Maybe there's another bad review up there. There might be. I actually haven't checked, but hopefully there's more good reviews. Let's uh, switch over to promoting another book that spoke to us. Yeah. So um, so what we wanted to do in um, on our show at the end is we want to talk about something that really spoke to us, if it be a book or a blog or a website or something that we really think is good out there in the parenting community. And I wanted to start with a book by my friend Annie Burnside called Soul to Soul Parenting. And um, her website is AnnieBurnside.com. And um, the book is fantastic. Basically, it is a book about how to create a more soulful family, how to become more conscious, and how to stay connected and live from your spirit. Awesome, awesome. What I remember about the book is I read it, uh, oh, about a year ago, and it was really good. It, it, it spoke kind of the same language that connected that with me. And at the end of each chapter, it, she gave like examples of songs and movies and books, and books right. that are family related. And I don't know, it's just kind of fun. Well, and even activities. Mm -hmm. So she tells you about something in the book and then she gives you examples of how to make this a reality in your own life. So it's just a very, it's a, she's got a beautiful way of writing. It's very well written. And then it also is very accessible because she puts things in terms, you know, like she'll say, okay, I'm talking about this and here's a song that's mm -hmm. connected to this or a book. And so it, it, it makes it a lot more 
more accessible. And I really appreciate Annie's work, and she's got a beautiful um, blog on the Chicago Now website. And, um, and, and so we just really wanted to give her a shout-out because we appreciate what she does in the world, and she's a Chicago friend as well. Soul to Soul Parenting Soul is the to name Soul of the book. Soul to Soul Parenting, so, com. And uh, so if you are going to buy some books, buy our book first, and then buy, <laughs> buy, buy Annie's book buy second. Buy them together. Go on Amazon and get them both together. Or go to our website, buy ours, and go to her website and buy hers. <laughs> You know what? However you want to do it yeah. is fine with me. Whatever you, as long as you buy it, doesn't really matter. That's right. Um, and then, do you want to promote any of your uh, speaking engagements or book clubs? Well, or just that this summer, you guys, if you have a book club or a get together with an organization or a group, and you need a speaker, I would love to come. Um, we can talk about whatever. We can talk about my book, my new book, my old book. We can talk about self care. We can talk about loving yourself. We can talk about discipline. We can talk about sibling issues. Whatever is important. And um, that is the joy of my work is being with people and um, talking through things that they're challenged by in life. So please uh, check out our blog or my website, KathyCassaniAdams.com, or just email us at um, comments at ZenParentingRadio.com. That's our new little uh, email address, comments at ZenParentingRadio.com. And then two last things. One is our sponsor, Avid Company. They do painting, remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Make sure you check them out, avidco.net, avidco.net, uh, and mention Zen Parenting, and you'll get a really good discount. Yeah, they rock. They rock. And then I will do my movie line, and this week's movie line is, looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. If you know what that's from... <laughs> Put it into our Facebook page, a different line from the same movie, and you might win a book. Uh, the first book or the second the, book? A new book. Well, actually, you can choose. No, no. Yeah, you can choose. If you win, you can either get the Self-Aware Parent 1 or the Self-Aware Parent 2, whichever yeah. one speaks to you. Okay, so that's it. This is Todd Adams saying goodbye. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. See you next week, everybody. Mm-hmm.